Welcome to Ms. Interpreted, her podcast of public relations and strategic communications, demystified by Kelly Fletcher and Fletcher Marketing PR. Welcome, listeners, to the Misinterpreted Podcast. I'm Kelly Fletcher, CEO of Fletcher Marketing PR with offices in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Atlanta, Georgia. I'm here with my colleague, Mary Beth West, Senior Strategist at Fletcher PR. And our topic today is differentiating true public relations strategy from mere tactics. A lot of aspects about public relations strategy are misinterpreted. Even some very seasoned executives out there will look at a smattering of public relations tactics and think they have a strategy when really what they have is a hodgepodge of tactical communications pieces that may not have a consistent thread of purpose anywhere in sight. Mary Beth, you and I have discussed this matter many times. It's a big problem and a huge budgetary risk when businesses fail to invest the time, thinking, and resources into the higher workings of true strategic development and direction when it comes to their brand reputation management. Mm-hmm. So from your standpoint, you know, why is this issue important of, of understanding the difference between strategy and tactics? You know, one of my questions to the world is why has this issue remained an issue over so many decades, especially as far and as sophisticated as the marketing communications and the public relations functions have have evolved over these recent decades and recent years, this is still an issue. This is something we run into all the time, working with many prospective clients or different uh, companies and organizations that come to us initially wanting help with their direction going forward. They sometimes have a very prescriptive attitude about what is going to constitute success for them. And it's very often they come to us with their little toolbox that they have already uh, developed with tools in there, and it's it's, it's a very tactical-driven toolkit. Yeah. It, it, it's not driven by a really undergirded reason as to why they're doing any of these things, the e-newsletter, the uh, Facebook posts, the... Right. You know, a, a news release here or there, the, you know, paid advertising. And a lot of it is very often very disconnected from each other. There is not a really unified and and driving vision behind all of it. And so I think that's where a lot of this comes in is the fact that uh, I think that our profession has to work harder and be more diligent about educating the larger business community about this. And and, uh, again, a lot of it, I think also comes into play with MBA programs and business schools giving such short shrift to public relations as part of their curriculum. And you've got people coming out of business schools with a very limited view of what public relations is and what constitutes sound public relations strategy. So very often you have a C-suite that is not operating off the same song sheet about what constitutes strategy. So I, I think that's why part of this conversation is so important is to help push out that education and push out that message I and agree. to help clients in that respect. If you think about how many times we've been in a client meeting or a boardroom where somebody pulls out like a sheet of paper with a list of action items and they right. that they think that's their strategy and really it's just a list of tactics. Well, and of course, I think our mutual pet peeve, and this is, uh, I think this ex- exists widely across the agency spectrum, is when you get the RFP <laughs> that is already very prescriptive as to just give us your pricing for this tactic, this tactic, this tactic, and it just goes down the laundry list. It's like, 
And you want to ask, and of course, it's never evident in the RFP, what is the strategy that is driving? Now, why are because you there even, never is one? Yes, exactly. There's never been any research done. It's like some individuals who I'm sure are very well meaning, of course, and they want to see success for their organizations. They've all gotten around in a boardroom or a, a workstation table and just come up with this laundry list of what they think, or very often they'll look at what their competitors are doing, where they feel like they have to be in that space too. Right. And I also think that with RFPs, which I abhor and Mm -hmm. rarely respond to anymore, um, it's, they should be paying us to give them the strategy and the tactics, and then they can take the tactics and run with a lot of the tactics. The tactics are the easy part to execute. The strategy is where the real thinking comes in and, and the research, the higher level thinking. The tactics, you can hire you can hire somebody for not that much money to execute. Well, and especially for clients that already have in-house yes. communications teams that are, you know, very competent and very very able to to execute well and and can do that as a cohesive team that's all under one roof and it's a very cost-effective right means to do that, but maybe they need that outside perspective to de- help deliver the strategic insight and the kind of out- eyes from the outside looking in as opposed to this kind of myopic view. Right. I yeah. couldn't agree more. Let's talk about how strategy versus tactics is taught in public relations, academic programs of study. Right. Um, and this is something that goes into the accreditation process, really understanding, you know, what are goals, objectives, and tactics, and what's the difference between a goal, objective, and a tactic? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you have an overarching public relations strategy and action plan, this is, I know how when we talk to clients, we really try to paint the full picture, the whole, the full soup to nuts. This is how we're going to develop this campaign and a larger scale program for you. And not only is it going to be underpinned with true strategy, but it's also going to be measurable. And it's we're also going to have an eye for results and making sure that the, the measurable factors of this are are accounted for fully within the program. So yeah, defining all of those elements, making sure that you have developed a a goal that everyone agrees upon. And very often the goal is very tied to mission vision right. for the organization, you know, making sure that it, it is tied to what the aspirational aim long term is. And then, of course, the objectives tied to marketing communications need to be focused on, you know, what the results are of communications and relationship driven efforts are w- among all of the different diverse stakeholder groups that are inherent to business or organizational financial success. So you're, you're really having to hit on all cylinders just in establishing what the objectives are even going to be. And of course, you want those to be measurable. As I mentioned earlier, they need to be timeline driven, and they need to fit within what the resources are that the company or organization can bring to this project. I mean, predicating a public relations strategy on pie in the sky, ideas that are in no way uh, accomplishable based on what the budget is going to be or wh- how many arms and legs are going to be able to execute to that. It, I mean, I think that's where a lot of organizations, too, they end up painting themselves in the corner. They have a very big aspirational goals, but they don't have the resources to bring to it. And of course, the tactics, too, I think it's a matter of hitting your marks. It's a matter of making sure that the nuts and bolts of what the consumer audience or the B2B audience, whoever the stakeholders are, what they're actually going to see manifested from the strategy is consistent. It's recognizable. It is on point with 
not only really what the messaging is that the company or organization wants to see, but it needs to be true to what the stakeholder experience is when they engage or interact with the brand. So for example, if you have a bank out there, a financial institution that's putting forth one message that states this this is who we are kind of message. But then when a customer goes into a branch and has a completely different experience that is devoid of what has been promised in the branding message, clearly you have a strategy problem and you have, well, you actually you have an operational problem. Um, and so you've got to be able to marry those two together. Um, you know, one thing that is very interesting to me is how often when we're called in to develop a strategic communications campaign and a program for a client, we do have to ask those operational questions. We have to be sure and for on their own behalf to that the message that they are ultimately going to be touting in the marketplace is going to hold true and, and be be credibility driven. Well, I couldn't agree with that more. And that brings me to a point that I'm sure other agency owners or agency new business development people have experienced when you go in and a client says, can you guarantee results? And what kind of results can you guarantee? And Mm -hmm. would you take a percentage of our sales increase instead of being paid? And the answer is always no. And the reason is because we can't control what happens when it gets to the experiential part where your people on the ground are interacting with the consumers, Mm -hmm. or we can't predict what your customer service is going to be. We can't predict if you have a great shipping experience and a great return program. So no, I mean, we can get you three quarters of the way there, but you and your operations and your internal management teams have got to take it from the 75 yard line to the finish line. That's right. And that's, uh, that's also part of the education process, I think, with with clients and with the larger business community is talking about we're only part of this ecosystem that you have to have as a sometimes we take all the blame when something (laughs) goes wrong. (laughs) Well, you know, marketing is a cost center. And so you've got the, the the CEO and the finance folks and the, you know, everyone who's controlling the purse strings. I mean, everyone is, and, and deservedly so, they're wringing their hands about how much money is going to be spent on this endeavor. And, and, and certainly all of us should be, you know, have our eye on the dollars and cents aspect of this at all times without question. But very often there's sort of a blame game that goes around as to what's going to work and what isn't and why. And uh, you have to have, this is another thing that we touch on so much in working with new clients is culture Oh yes. inside their organizations to be sure that when we're talking about the ecosystem and how everyone has to be working well together, this has to be a team effort. You can't have a marketing effort out there that is not interwoven with the other team members within the full scope of the company to help make it successful. Right. We had a client once who was in a service-based industry, but that was direct-to-consumer. And we literally, in the course of about six months, we increased their lead generation 400%. Mm -hmm. Um, But they couldn't convert because of their internal processes and culture and resistance to to change and resistance to new methodologies when it came down to how are we going to manage all these leads. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we ended up parting ways because we could never get them 
to the next phase of, okay, we've delivered what we promised, but you can't judge us if you don't get the new customers that you need because we're giving you the leads. Yeah, we're taking the ball down the field. Ultimately, somebody has to be there for the handoff, though, too. Since it is football season, let's just get in a few more football analogies. SEC, (laughs) SEC. (laughs) My dad coached high school football for 35 years, so... Well, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that that is uh, another part of the conversation that we so often try to bring to clients when we're talking about undertaking a new effort, especially if it's a brand new client for us, is talking about the internal rollout for a campaign before the external rollout. It can never be underestimated. I mean, I've got to tell you, I mean, if I had a nickel for every time, what you just described to me has happened, and I've seen that play out even after we have given very strong counsel to the client about conducting internal education with all internal stakeholder audiences, especially those that are in any way front facing to the client customer, you know, the customer service department, those who are, you know, handling phone lines or those who are, you know, just just the sales arms and legs of that. Um, certainly the retail front line, if that's yes. if that's the context of the business. So, you know, if, if they are unaware of what is going on in the background with a public facing message that's going to be going out, and they have no idea what to expect as to the tsunami of consumer response that our good creative strategies may be able to generate for them. And we're so proud of. Yes. I mean, the the ball is going to get dropped all over creation. So, you know, you really want to avoid that situation because the last thing you want is great strategic communications and a great campaign to end up creating a, a veritable crisis for the company because it, it, it was so dadgum successful. I mean, right. so it's, yeah. it's grand irony, it but, grand but, it, irony. but it does happen. And, um, and, and so that is a, a very big consideration. What do you think is the worst thing that can happen when an organization mistakes tactics for strategy? Uh, they spend a whole lot of money for not a lot of result, if any result. I think that we always want to safeguard our clients. And when I say our, I mean, I'm not just talking yours and mine. I'm talking about as a profession. Right. We need to safeguard our clients and our employers from misspending money. Yes. And there's no quicker way to misspend money than to take just the tactical approach that is not undergirded with research, that is not cohesively driven with with strategy. And so it's it's really just a dollars and cents consideration. It's I mean, you have all these other issues that can be in the periphery, but I mean, who wants to waste money? Absolutely no one in business. Well, I see this and at the risk of going down a rabbit hole. Um, I see this mostly when it comes to social media. Oh, absolutely. Companies think that posting on social media is a strategy um, and they have no social media strategy and then they don't understand when nothing is happening and when their social efforts are producing absolutely no fruit. And so Mm -hmm. we spend a lot of time talking to clients about how social media strategy and, and getting all of that um, figured out and the research done and the positioning and the brand voice and what your look and feel is going to be and what your goals are. You know, mm-hmm. what are you trying to achieve with social media? I mean, it may be different if you're a B2B company versus retail, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so, and it's hard. Social media strategy is one of the hardest parts of what we do, I think. Well, the goalpost is always moving. And, and so, of course, social media as a platform across the board. I mean, it, it is constantly changing as to, you know, which 
methods are going it's to be effective target. to you know whatever you know the audiences or whatever the objectives are. But it, it speaks to situational analysis and the fact that you do have to have that part of the planning process. I have a, a good friend in Nashville who's a creative director, Sharp Emmons, who I went to college with and is a good friend. And he one time said uh, something that really resonated with me. He said, the process is the product in what we do. And when you, when you mentioned earlier about um, clients who have trepidation about uh, the work that we do relative to, you know, is it successful or is it not? And, and how do you assign success or blame if it doesn't work? Um, or will you take just a, a share of whatever the, the basically work on commission? Yes. You know, uh, the process is the product and the process is the work that we are doing. We are developing very often for clients a process for them that is cohesive and cogent, whereas they didn't have a process before. It was throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. So to the extent that we are helping clients shift away from that MO, I think that that is a, that is a huge part of the value of what really public relations strategists Well, an intellectual capital. I think that the intellectual capital of public relations professionals is vastly underestimated. I mean, people call me a lot of times and ask for advice, um, and I try to give it, but sometimes I just want to say, well, you know, I really need my my house painted, so maybe you could come paint my house if I give you some (laughs) PR advice and... But um, a little traderoo there. Yeah, let's talk about timing because um, we are entering Q4, mm-hmm. and um, Q4 is a great time to be thinking about strategy for next year. I mean, it's too late to be thinking about it in January, especially if your fiscal year begins in January. So, you know, what do you think about strategy development during Q4 and how to go about that process? And, um, you know, what impacts it, it will have for the larger organizational team. Right. And, and of course, that's particularly relevant for companies that are on a January 1 fiscal. I mean, whatever your fiscal year is, you do need to be planning X many months out ahead to be sure that uh, you're developing a strategic planning process that uh, runs alongside that and is going to be ready and up and running when your fiscal year starts or when, you know, you're really trying to turn the page of something new and something exciting from a marketing standpoint. But of course, you know, strategy too needs to be an evergreen topic with it. You can't just focus on strategy several months before a new fiscal year starts. So it has to be something that's ongoing. Now, I would say for uh, any company that is, say, in the fourth quarter, they're gearing up for the next calendar year and the next fiscal year is to really uh, make sure you have your metrics in order of, you know, what have you been doing in this past year? How are you measuring that? And what what's working? Do an assessment. That's part of the situational analysis piece that is so very important to set the stage so you understand the larger context. And it's not just a, a self-awareness analysis that needs to be done. You really also need to be getting into a competitive analysis as well, looking at your competitors, seeing, you know, where you stand, you know, neck to neck with them, and uh, just the larger industry peer group that you're with. And, you know, make sure that you're understanding what they're doing well, what they're not doing well. Have any of them had a crisis in the past year that represents some type of competitive opportunity for you? 
to be able to differentiate yourself in a, in a compelling way. There are just all these different pieces of data. And I would also speak to data and to market research. Uh, make sure that you have been able to invest in some type of market research effort, even if it's at a low budget level, being able to go out just into the public domain to gather insights can be helpful, even if you can't afford proprietary research. So, you know, there are operational considerations versus the messaging considerations in strategic development. And how many businesses have we seen fall into the trap of developing these overly aspirational messages that their own operations can't fulfill. Um, one good one is when marketing writes checks that operations can't Exactly. Cash. Well, and that goes back to the authenticity factor and the credibility factor. There's nothing that is going to force a company to shoot itself in the foot quite like de- you know, developing marketing messages that it's just not able to deliver. And it kind of goes back to that point we made. Definitely. So as we wrap up here, Mary Beth, if you had to just narrow this down into one takeaway um, when it comes to developing a strategy for 2020, what would it be? What would the main takeaway be? Well, I think that developing the strategic mindset is the first order of business on the list. Understand, And for different companies and organizations, that's going to maybe look a bit different, I mean, depending upon your industry. But, but there are some core fundamentals to it. And that's, you know, number one, I think always keeping your eye focused on what are the overarching financial objectives of the business or organization. Um, You cannot have a marketing communications program that is not uh, very intricately tied to those outcomes and still... Organizational goals. Exactly. And and, and expect to be able to get traction and to have professional credibility when you're sitting at the boardroom table or in the C-suite with these other executive functions. Um, Everything has to be tied in in that respect. Um, And if you're going to be enlisting outside support from an agency, a PR firm, or whomever your counsel is going to be, be sure that they are bringing a strategic mindset and not a tactical mindset. They need to be coming to the table, helping to educate you, telling you something you don't already know, I mean, and that means developing a relationship with a team that, um, you know, really brings not only the experience to the table, but also a real care and concern for and really a fiduciary almost uh, approach to safeguarding the best interests of the client, not letting you spend money that you don't need to spend and wanting to see discernible results and not being afraid of being measured. Right, absolutely. So one of the things that I always say is working with an agency shouldn't be that hard because so many times I hear from clients, oh, well, I worked with an agency and I tried that and it was a disaster. And I think working with an agency shouldn't be so hard. I mean, we should be making your life easier. Well, Mary Beth, I've loved chatting with you on this subject as always. Strategy versus tactics. It's something every strategic communications leader must ask within their own leadership team. Knowing the difference is essential if your marketing communications effort is going to be meaningful or will just simply be a blip on the screen. Please follow Fletcher Marketing PR at Twitter handle Fletcher PR and feel free to follow Mary Beth West at Twitter handle Mary Beth West. And let us know your questions and comments. We will respond, so please post them using the hashtag MsInterpreted, and that's hashtag MS Interpreted. And for visibility's sake, don't forget to capitalize the PR. Everyone, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks for joining us on Ms. Interpreted, Public Relations Demystified. 
You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at FletcherMarketingPR.com and on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.